listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees. He said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. Okay. It's wonderful to see all of you. Welcome. And uh, for those of you that I, you see me, but I don't see you, welcome to you as well. We're here together to pray. You know, October 31st is an interesting day. It's the, um, the anniversary of Mar the Protestant Reformation when Martin Luther uh, nailed his 95 Thesis to the uh, door at Wittenberg. <laughs> and and uh, it's also a night where a lot of people uh, trick or treat. Uh, here you see the kids in the costumes and looking for candy. And, um, but it's also a night kind of dedicated to evil. For some people, they do occult and things like that. So in, in many communities, in, my own community. We have a day of prayer and penance today and, and reparation for any evil that might be happening. And what a beautiful night to have mass and adoration, praise and worship together that we might be here to, to counteract any of that evil through the power of good, through the power of prayer and blessing. Um, tomorrow is the tremendous and wonderful solemnity of our all saints, all the saints, um, Hebrews 12.1, we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, these saints who are older brothers and sisters in the faith who followed the Lord and modeled for us what it meant to be a believer in Jesus. And then the next day after, all souls, oh, all saints, all souls, really wonderful days of grace. Make sure you pray for our beloved dead and you get the indulgence for praying at cemeteries, remembering our brothers and sisters in purgatory. Um, but here we are, the, the Eve before All Saints, so All Hallows Eve. And the readings are really quite interesting. I love the way Mother Church puts the liturgy together to feed us spiritually. And uh, what St. Paul is telling the Philippians really is the same message that Jesus is telling us in the gospel with this story. St. Paul told us, do nothing out of selfishness or vainglory. And Jesus says something very similar, but different words that uh, when you're having a, a dinner or a banquet, you know, don't do things for people, you know, for the sake of, well, then what are they going to do for me, right? You know, Jesus tells us to not be selfish, but rather to invite these people, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, so that they can't repay you. And uh, so you're not doing it to, to get a favor, but they may say quid pro quo. Sometimes they'll say it one hand washes the other. I'll do a favor for you if you'll do a favor for me. The Lord calls us to something higher than that. Um, and I was joking earlier and I had mass at the shrine of Our Lady where I'm the chaplain. And uh, I was telling the people, oh, you, 
if you want to take the poor for dinner, that's Franciscan friars. So <laughs> here we are. Take us to dinner. We cannot repay you. Okay. But uh, we will pray for you. But but uh, it is a joy. And uh, there's something here that I've been really praying and thinking about, which I'd like to share with you. When Jesus um, uses the language of repayment, and he says that when we do good deeds, but not in a selfish way, that we will be be repaid. He uses the word repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. He's talking about at the end of time, when the resurrection will happen, we will be in heaven, body and soul. Um, we will be with the Lord. And uh, it's kind of interesting. I was praying over that and I thought, well, what kind of repayment are we going to get in heaven? And in other passages, Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth where you know a, a thief can steal it or the stock market might crash, <laughs> but store up treasures in heaven and um, the similar language. And I was thinking, well, what kind of repayment do we get in heaven? Will there be cash? <laughs> will there be credit cards? Will there be Bitcoins? Like, you know, what will it be? You know, do, will we need money in heaven? Will there be an economy? You know, the Lord tells us he goes to prepare a place for us. Do we have to pay rent? You know, or maybe there's a mansion. The, the father has mansions for us. And will we will we um, have to pray property tax? You know, like so these funny ideas. And I was trying to think, well, what kind of repayment in, in what sense? What is Jesus trying to tell us? And I think it's actually something quite profound. Um, and so I'm going to try to explain it. I think what the Lord is getting at has to do with when we are in heaven. God will somehow honor and acknowledge the graces that we cooperated with when we were here. We're here, we've received the gift of life. Each one of us is given a certain amount of time. We've been given the gift of free will and the, the attraction and movement of his grace to cooperate with the good works. I think of the works of mercy, the spiritual works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy, these acts of charity and in some way, God will honor that use of the gift of free will, that gift of life, that in some way on the other side, when we're in the glory of heaven, we will be seeing God as he is face to face, known as the beatific vision, the Trinity, the one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We'll see all of the angels and all of the saints, but in some way there must be a presence or manifestation of the graces we cooperated with I think of the risen Jesus, his body still had the wounds. It still bore the, the marks of what he went through. And in some way, by analogy, it must be true for us that uh, when we go to the other side, you're still you. You don't lose your identity or personality, but you are the perfect you in the perfection of heaven. But uh, there must be differences of degree of glory. In the words of some of the saints as they struggle to describe this reality, differences in degree of glory that will be present on the other side, that we will somehow manifest the evidence of the grace we cooperated with. How amazing is that? This must be what the language of Jesus about the repayment at the resurrection of the righteous. And as I was praying of that, I had a funny memory. When I was a boy, I was in Cub Scouts and then in Boy Scouts. I don't know if any of you did Scouts as a little one, but uh, when you're in Scouts, there's a program and there's a uniform you wear so you have this uniform and on the uniform, there are different badges and different uh, insignia that you get to. And, and when you're a kid, you really get into that. And I had this memory of um, these little patches that you could get. 
and each one of those patches represented some sort of task that you accomplished. We called them merit badges. That if you, you know, there was a task for uh, tying ropes, tying knots and ropes as Franciscans, uh, we should get all those patches, right? Franciscans wear the rope with the knots for our, our vows. Um, and so you would do that. And I, I remember doing these different tasks and, and it was all sorts of different categories and interesting things. And then you would get the, the patch and you would come to your mom and she would sew the patch on your shirt. And you would see that the boys with the, all the different patches and the merit badges all over your, your uniform, which is somehow uh, an expression or evidence of this thing that you had accomplished these different goals. And um, what I didn't realize at the time, but which became clear to me later as an adult is, all of those things were actually really good things. And while there was a, a merit badge to be put on the uniform, what was really happening was a formation of character. You accomplish these, all these different goals and tasks. It was usually something virtuous and good. And so um, it reminds me a little bit of when the church offers an indulgence to certain prayers and penances. It's like a, the church's way of encouraging us. Um, but it, there must be some manifestation of that reality on the other side when we're in heaven that uh, within our own presence, there is somehow evidence of the graces we cooperated with. This must be what the Lord means by this mysterious repayment that awaits us. In another place, Jesus says that even if you give a cup of cold water to a prophet, God the Father will give you a reward. He uses the word reward. How interesting, you know, that that uh, on the other side, um, we will bear the the um in the words of saint paul the pledge of glory you know this manifestation of the graces that we cooperated with in this life i find that idea extremely encouraging as we go through our day if you have the grace to open your eyes and okay i've got another day lord <laughs> you know what am i going to do with these hours that are before me and um so the lord invites us to a greater generosity given for time and prayer spending time with the Lord, getting to know him, allowing, reading the Bible, the word, allowing him to speak, and then works of charity and ministry and gestures of forgiveness and kindness and um, compassion. All of that is a working of grace and it does something to us. So it's not like there's some sort of badge or patch that will be, we'll have long white robes in heaven according to the book of Revelation, but, but rather something interior this character formation, this quality of holiness that is present. And um, that's what we especially celebrate tomorrow on the Feast of All Saints. But uh, all of us are on our way, aren't we? You know, we're on our way to holiness, to fidelity, to being followers of Jesus, and that his life, the grace, the working of the Holy Spirit, the life of Jesus is present in our life as members of his body, the church. And as we cooperate with his grace, we grow in his glory. And for that, we give thanks this night. Amen. Amen. Now let us stand, trusting in the Lord's love and concern for us. We offer him our prayers. For the leaders in the church, may the Lord continue to bless them with vitality and health and help them to grow in holiness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For those in positions of leadership in the judicial system, may the Holy Spirit guide their hearts as they balance justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who suffer oppression for their belief in Christ, may God protect and sustain them 
and for the conversion of heart for the enemies of the church, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those gathered here, may God hear and answer our prayers, for eyes to see and ears to hear those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those who have died, may they rest in the joy of God's heavenly kingdom. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for all of those intentions that we hold in our hearts, the intentions that you've dropped in the comment section on the internet, for all these intentions, that the Lord may bless and guide each need, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord our God, you show your compassion and love to all who turn to you. Hear these prayers from your children through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you, and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. Yesterday was the eve before all saints, all hallows eve. It's the one night the friars don't like to go out in public. It's not because we don't like candy. On the contrary, we love candy. But it's because people think we're wearing costumes. And, and I got it two nights ago. I was at a gas station in Flemington. Some man who may or may not have been sober says to me, nice costume. I just like, it's not a costume. Every day's Halloween. Oh. It's not a Gandalf costume, okay. Um, every year, you know, you may have a, a vocation to be a Franciscan friar if you always dress as St. Francis on Halloween every year, so. Um, but today, obviously, all saints, and then tomorrow, all souls. So let's remember, um, for the first eight days of November, you get special indulgences for the souls if you go to a cemetery and pray. Uh, we have a cemetery here at the shrine, so you don't have to go anywhere. Just go up the hill. Um, our founder, uh, co-founders, uh, Monsignor uh, Colgan and the Laban, John Haffert, yesterday was John Haffert's anniversary of passing. So, um, so go up there and cash in on those indulgences, okay? And um, so today, All Saints, just a, a, a tremendously beautiful and wonderful and awesome day. 
And it's kind of interesting, today is a holy day of obligation. And so there's the question, why would the church do that? Why does the church use her authority to make something an obligation? It's almost as if the church has no better way than to communicate to us, her children, this is so good for you. This is so good for you. So it's an obligation. It's like um, the medicine for your sickness. You know, you have to take it, but it doesn't taste good sometimes. That's okay. It helps you, you know, so it's the church's way of saying, getting to mass, to pray and to worship, to hear God's word, to offer ourselves and to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. It's so good for you. And of all the holy days of obligation today is so special because it's in doing what we're doing that we become saints ourselves. You know, receiving his grace. Um, it's really wonderful. And uh, so you think of the, the litany of all the saints, um, at different liturgies, for example, at um, religious orders taking their vows or when a priest gets ordained, they have the litany of the saints. And you may hear, saint so-and-so, pray for us. Saint, you know, and you hear all those saints. And eventually you hear the name of your own like favorite saint and you get a big smile, you know, like that was last night. We were over at the retreat house on 57 divine and they had a litany of the saints. And sure enough, they, the, the father who led the litany just, I don't know, we didn't do all the saints, but like most of them, <laughs> and it was just this moment, right? It was like, you know, saints, the saints that you love, you just get a big smile, like pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. Um, so that's wonderful. Um, there's another angle of today's feast day, which is worth mentioning that for all the saints who've been canonized, maybe we've got statues, we've got stained glass windows or holy cards, uh, so many more who are unnamed and unknown, you know, and so get ready. It's not just those who are on the roll call, but all of those who are in heaven with God. And in that first reading from Revelation chapter seven, we hear there is a great multitude which no one could count, of every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes, check, holding palm branches in their hands, and they cry out in a loud voice, Salvation comes from our God, who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. And then there's all these other people, like angels and elders and creatures, and they all just praise God. Um, so a great multitude that no one could count. That's a lot. <laughs> That's the Bible's way of saying a lot. All these saints and um, every nation, race, people, and tongue. So Catholic, universal, every, you know, here comes everybody. Um, so we, we rejoice in those saints. Um, I, I remember coming across a passage in the, the letters of St. Therese, Little Flower, who's one of the, she's one of the big ones. She's in the major leagues of the saints, right? She's in the premier league. Um, she, she talks about maybe there will be saints that nobody knows about here, but when we get to heaven, we'll realize some of the greatest saints, maybe God is reserving the knowledge of them for when we get there ourselves. I think of the widow, the widow's might, right? She's not named in the gospel, but uh, somebody like that, who's so humble, so little, so holy, so mighty in the grace of God. And um, so we think of those saints. Let's not forget to ask for their prayers. Um, there's a passage in the book of Acts where Paul is preaching to the Gentiles and they had all these different religions and altars and they had an altar to the unknown God. And St. Paul used that as like his connection, like this is the true God who is now known because he came in Jesus. So maybe we've got, who are the unknown saints? <laughs> you know, unknown saints, pray for us. You know, like um, it's, it's amazing. And uh, 
furthermore, some of those saints may be in your family lineage. Do not neglect them. You do not want to get to heaven and find out that your great, 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 great grandmother was a great saint and you never prayed to her. Come on. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's pray. Any uh, family members who might be saints, pray for us. And uh, that especially goes true for tomorrow. I don't know if you'll be here for tomorrow. So I'll say it today. Um, you do not want to meet a relative who stayed in purgatory for hundreds of years because you didn't pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Uh, anyone in your family. I suspect many people in my family are in purgatory. Okay. Lord, have mercy on us all. Have mercy on us all. And ultimately, here's, here's what needs to be said today. While it is true, the church invites us to joy and to celebration. We think of all the saints. Um, it's the all-stars of the church, right? <laughs> the saints. Ultimately, it is very clear that today is a celebration of God. We do not worship saints. We do not have devotions to saints that take away from the devotion to God, as some non-Catholics may accuse us. Rather, the celebration like today, the celebration of the saints, is ultimately a celebration of God, a celebration of the working of God's grace in history. The saints are saints because of God's grace. And so it's almost like when you look at beautiful masterpieces of an artist, you know, like every piece of beautiful art is beautiful in and of itself, but ultimately reflects the gifts and talents of the artist. And today is like that. Today, on the Feast of All Saints, we're in the spiritual museum, just wandering around and looking at all the amazing art and all of it, giving praise to the one who created it, the divine artist, God himself. So today is a a day to celebrate God, to thank God, to love God, to, to praise God. Um, that his goodness has been radiating and permeating all of creation, especially the saints who bear witness. Each saint made in the image and likeness of God is a unique reflection of the creator. I often think of the disco ball. (laughs) You You remember that, some of you? Okay, Rick, I don't know. Did you go to the disco when you were younger? Okay, the disco ball, right? And there's these little mirrors there, right? And each one is offering a unique reflection of the light. I think the saints are like that. Um, so to conclude, my favorite image of the saints, which um, I will share with you if you're interested in doing some research, it comes from the writings of Dante. So you know Dante's famous writings, right? Um, is it Inferno, Purgatorio, Paradiso, right? You know, and there's uh, Beatrice and, and the whole the whole journey. Well, at the very end, in Canto 30, he finally comes into God's presence into heaven. <clears throat> And it is the the imagery and the poetry, even in English, it is just so moving and beautiful. And and this is what he sees. He sees one beautiful, large, white rose. And on each petal of the rose is a different saint. All the saints are there united together. And he has this description. And the, the rose petal at the very top of the rose is the Blessed Mother. And above the rose is the sun, which represents God, the Trinity. So that Mother Mary, she's the closest. And uh, there's this whole big poetic um, exploration of the relationship between this white rose and the sun. And he ponders the the relationship in that the, the rose is completely and totally dependent upon the sun, who is God. But then on the other hand, it's the rose that had been nourished and grown through the sunlight that manifests the greatness of the sun. 
And then from the pondering of the rose, who are all the saints, the, the fruit of God's light and God's grace, then from there you look up to see the sun itself. There's a whole incredible theology. It's based off of some teachings of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. But the way Dante um, explains this in his poetry is so uh, edifying and deeply moving and beautiful and inspiring, you know, and that there's a rose petal waiting for each one of us, with the help of God's grace. And uh, so it's good to remember where we're going, what's waiting for us. And then we think about how do we get there? Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans mm-hmm.